Hello, I'm Livy, and welcome to my very first podcast with Livy. Each week, I sit down with my incredible guests to find out about their journey of growing their personal brands online, exploring their human design, some of the challenges and standout moments that define who they've become today. I've honestly loved sitting down with each guest and have learned so much. I leave each episode just feeling full of ideas, inspiration, and motivation. I really hope you enjoy listening to this first series. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Don't get carried away with perfectionism because that's going to control your creative process and it's going to like impact how much impact you can have. For me, it's really supporting women to see themselves, like really see themselves and really allow that you know, truth and expression to come through because that impacts you know, who we are in our business. There's a power in, I think, keeping things niche. Something that might seem really niche, especially in today's world, like that has the power often to cut through the noise. You know, if you can nurture a small community of people, you can make a very successful business. The number one is like you, like the real you. And the more like unfiltered and expressive and maybe even polarizing you are, like the better, because uh, you're not for everyone and you don't want to be, trust me. Having and running a business and a brand is the most powerful personal development program you could ever put yourself on because it shines the light on all your shadows. It was literally like alchemy. I was able to transform my shame into healing, into vulnerability, into sales. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week's guest is Sarah Miller. She's a 1-3 mental projector. I met Sarah online. She's in the human design world as well. She is a human design specialist and a mindset and behavioral coach who guides women into deeper states of liberation, authentic expression and self-mastery. She's really passionate about supporting creatives, visionaries and service providers to really connect with the essence of their art and maximize their impact through their soul's purpose. We had such a beautiful conversation around human design, what it means to be a mental projector, how she navigates being a mental projector in her life and in her business, her sensitivity to environment, the way she learned to numb growing up because of her sensitivity and feeling everything so deeply. We talk about the power of looking at life through the lens of a story and generally about growing your brand as a projector online. I really hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. So good to have you. Thank you for being here with us. I just want to... invitation. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I've been wanting to chat to you for so long. So this feels like the right moment to be together. Um, do you want to just start by introducing yourself so we get to know who you are? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Sarah Miller. My business name is Soul Stories HD, so that's how you might be more familiar with me. Um, I'm a human design guide, and I'm really leaning these days more into like embodiment and integration through like mindset and behavioral coaching. So I live in Bali at the moment, but I'm English. That's kind of a short summary, I guess. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, that's so juicy. Um, yeah, all things embodiment, integration, like I'm looking forward to talking a lot more about that because yeah. I think in the human design world, as you know, sometimes we can get so stuck up in the head, can't we, of like the practical and the kind of technical. So it's so good to have practitioners, you know, the, who are speaking about the embodiment and the integration. 100%. I mean, I forgot to say in my introduction, I'm a 1-3 mental projector. So if anyone knows what it means to be stuck up in the head and like <laughs> learning, I, I'm going to argue that it would be me. So <laughs> yeah, hence why I moved my way into embodiment and integration as well. So yes, I think it's so important in this space. Amazing. And so will you share with us um, how you kind of got to be where you are now in terms of, yeah, the practitioner that you are today? Totally. It's funny because whenever anybody asks this question, you always have to go a little bit back down journey, uh, like journey down memory lane. And it's actually yeah. a really nice experience. Um, okay, so I worked in, I lived in London and I worked in London as a fashion buyer for like 10 years. And I did the whole, you know, uni, go out into the world, get a busy career. And I won't say that it was all bad because I actually absolutely loved that period of my life. It was just 
very fast paced. It was like one step up the ladder after another, after another. But I had always really inherently in my bones felt this deep connection to the fact that when my body's in alignment, I'm in alignment. When my body falls out of alignment, I go really quickly the other way. So I'd always had this really deep connection to health and food and exercise and movement. And um, that was an important part of who I was alongside of my career, I suppose. So when I got, I think about, say, six or seven years into the career, then I started to just feel like it was all too much. And it didn't seem to matter how much I earned it was never really enough. And I wanted all this spaciousness in my life. And I wanted all of this, like the companies I was working for, their priorities were all like, you know, money and growth and climbing the ladder and promotions. And my priorities were becoming much more like spaciousness and nature and how can I eat more green things? And how can I spend more time at the beach? So the two of us, essentially our values were just moving so far out of alignment. I moved myself over to Australia because then I was like, okay, I can I can do this career over there and I can have the work-life balance thing. That sounds great. So I moved myself over to Oz, which was amazing. I loved the lifestyle, loved, loved the change. Just everything just felt like it came at the right time for me. Actually, I was invited to Australia, interestingly enough, the first time, but I'd always known deep in my bones that was somewhere I was going to go. And I did receive an invitation there. And I was like, great, it's time. Um, I didn't know anything about human design, obviously, in this moment. And when I made my way over to Oz, so many things started clicking into place and working. But the reality was the career and the way of life and the person I was being still wasn't working. I had severe anxiety amongst other things. And my body was just kind of showing all signs of misalignment. And I was so uncomfortable behind the scenes of the life that I was creating. So that's when I started going more deeply into my spiritual journey. And I, I think the way I remember it is that I was getting such an intense amount. I was reaching such an intense burnout. I was reaching such high levels of anxiety in the career that I was like, I've got, I've got to step out of this environment. So I took a couple of weeks out of the diary of the working diary and I went to a yoga retreat. And that was where I fully reconnected with myself. And that was after that point, it was like, I will never underprioritize myself again. And I made a plan and I set up boundaries and I continued within the career whilst I had to logistically for visas and things like that. And on the side, I was now I was meditating properly and I was eating properly and I was walking and I was doing all these things that were just making me feel so alive in my system. And I was just operating within the career from a very functional perspective, like, okay, needs, needs must kind of basis here. Um, and then essentially I got my visa. I had so much more freedom. I left Australia. I moved to Bali. And that was when I went full time. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had discovered human design at this point. And as soon as I discovered it, it was like, oh, what is this like absolute genius like how does this know me better than I know myself and at that point that I went to Bali I knew all of these different systems like human design and I went over to Bali and I just started studying learning integrating embodying accidentally ended up on a huge you know healing kind of inner work journey because I suddenly realized it's not the food that you're eating it's not the exercise that you're doing it's all of the things that live inside of your system. It's the fact that you are not designed to operate in the same way the person next to you is designed to operate. And after I'd done a lot of deconditioning quite naturally, human design came back to me. Mm. And then I actually started learning human design. So then I went on, on that train, learned everything I could, I could as quick as I could, like massively binge studied the whole thing. <laughs> And then went on a process of just studying integration, studying learning, studying embodiment. Like, how can I actually make this design come to life? And I started doing readings. It didn't take me long to realize that readings weren't my path just because the energy for me, it was like too, too many, too many things for me to doing too many people for me to be meeting and I just had this deep connection to the journey itself and the deconditioning process and the fact that 
I can give you a reading and you're going to feel so excited, but I want to be with you for longer than that. I want yes. to witness the transformation. I, I need to be a part of your your journey so that I can I can fulfill my own needs and fulfill yours. Um, and that's gosh, that's where I am now. And I'm still in Bali. Um, mm -hmm. I've traveled a lot in that in that time, actually. I've learned many different things from meditation and breath work and yoga, and it's all just kind of fused and weaved into what I do and who I am. But essentially, whenever I reflect on that journey, I'm like, wow, I'm mentally a different person. I'm physically mm -hmm. a different person. I'm spiritually a different person. So it's sometimes difficult to look back on that part of your life and even remember why you made the decisions you made, because everything is now seen through completely different lenses, like who I'd be is so different. Mm. And yeah, human design was the catalyst for me designing the lifestyle, I think, giving me that permission to design the lifestyle that I knew in my bones really worked for me. So yeah, oh, here I am. Amazing. So good. Wow. What a journey you've been on. And um, real, yeah. like, yeah, like traversing many different paths there, but ultimately coming back to yourself, which is so cool. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so you're a mental projector, right? So will you talk to us a little bit about like what that means for you, how that plays out um, in your life, in your business? Um, and just, yeah, for, for the other mental projectors out there, because I feel like sometimes mental projectors, they don't get given enough airtime in a way you know like often online when people talk about projectors they aren't necessarily um going into detail about what's different about mental projectors you know um and so yeah I'd love to hear just straight from a mental projector like how it kind of shows up in your life and yeah relating back to your story of like do you think that because of almost like the sensitivity of a mental projector um there were maybe workspaces that you were in that weren't feeling you know good or aligned and because of the way that you know there's so much openness and stuff in your chart so yeah talk to us a little bit about that yeah it's such a it's such a good question because I'm a practitioner and I think it took me within the last year to really connect with the fact that, oh, I'm a mental projector, not just a projector. And what does that mean for me? And there's not enough information out there. So I've really pieced it together just by learning what it means to be me myself and meeting mm -hmm. other mental projectors in life and being like, wow, you're a reflection of me. And I didn't really see that about myself. So it's been interesting mm -hmm. to observe other mental projectors not that yes. I know, tons. I know, I know, you know, a yeah. handful here and there. Yeah. So uh, finding out I was an, a mental projector was everything, because even though I didn't know initially what mental meant, like I, I could see the openness in the chart. Mm. And when I reflect on my whole life, I think of myself as being quite a positive, like capable person mm. as a child, as an adult, but unbelievably anxious, unbelievably sensitive, unbelievably withdrawn. And um, when I can look at my childhood, it gave me such a deeper understanding of like, wow, I didn't know that I was feeling so much from everyone, everywhere, mm. and we didn't have the capacity or the emotional space or the communication space to actually release and speak about that. So everything just became so stored in my system. Mm. And I learned very young, very quick to to disassociate to numb so I used everything from food to work to social life to alcohol as I got older to actually numb the reality of the experience so that I felt like I could just fully relax and and just just be present and just have a good time and not not be in so much intensity yeah. so it was a real part of my deconditioning journey to look at the ways I'd, I'd been numbing and to learn to bring feeling back into mm. my life gift as opposed to uh, a hardship and yeah so now for me being a mental projector I'm like wow it's such it's such a trip to be told you know don't use the thing you have when you're making decisions you know everybody <laughs> yeah. this place of definition and they're like right you've got the mind that's your gift but by the way try not to really use it mm. so I've learned like really really learned about energy in the system in my system and the ways that I process that and my experience actually and people might not realize this about someone who has no motors defined my experience is very physical because to get to a clear mind, I need to release and empty all of those places inside of me that I'm open, right? So I'm like, okay, I feel myself in the emotional center. I need to emotionally express. Okay, I feel this 
pressure bursting through me physically that needs to be let out of my body mm. oh okay I feel I'm in the head I need to write so the if you watched me processing and moving to, towards clarity you'd be like wow that's a whole experience like I'm I'm so physical with the experience and I've gotten really good at learning not to make stories about what I'm feeling mm. but rather feeling it right so it's like okay I'm feeling this what does it feel like? Where do I feel it? Who do I feel it from? In terms of environment, it is everything. It's like, yeah. wow, it's everything. And when I look back, I even look back to when I was younger and I started experiencing difficulties with food when I was really young, like eight or nine. And um, now I've been able to look back and kind of analyze that process and realize that the environment was so intensely uncomfortable for me that mm. I felt so uneasy and unrelaxed that I literally couldn't, I couldn't process, I, I didn't want to eat. But the reality was that there was no intuitive consciousness involved. So it was like, no, no, you eat. And I feel like my relationship with food is so reflective of me being a mental projector and understanding like how I was numbing, how I was being forced against my own consciousness, just kind of fitting in the box. This is when we eat, this is how we eat, this is what you eat. And I look back now and realize like my relationship with food is very dependent on my environment, for example. It's mm. the same with work. So like, yeah, when I look back to my old office days and, and it was just so confining and and um, such a struggle for me to be in that environment with so much intense like pressure. And as I started to to grow, to mature, to get older, it was just not, my system started absolutely fully rejecting it. It was just like, no, not anymore. Mm. So being a mental projector is a whole incredible trip. And now within my business, let's say, I've realized what a, a gift it is. And I've really learned to step into the power of like, okay, my mind and my voice this this is this is what I this is what I have to give yeah. and rather than leaning into that like oh what do people want from me or how can I be nicer it's like this is what I think this is what I've got to say mm. and there's not that much in between <laughs> yes. kind of, so when I'm when I'm really like when I'm really I don't know empty in my system mm. um what wants to come through me comes through me really quickly sometimes. And my only okay. job is to kind of capture it yes. and hand it over because my job isn't like the graphics and stuff. I can't be in that process, but capture it, hand it over and yeah, remain an empty vessel as much as possible so that I can be like creative and present with, with my truth, I suppose. Mm. And be that outer authority ultimately for people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love, I just love being around mental projectors. Like I love seeing their <laughs> definition at play and like, you yeah. know, just, yeah. Like depending on their channels defined, like what's kind of coming through them and just like, sometimes just like the certainty that they have, like in, and the conviction <laughs> and the way that they speak, like that feels really like warm for me in a way. I think initially I used to be a bit triggered by it. Like how can you just mm. like know so much and speak with such certainty and conviction? And then, and then I was like, wow, these people, like they're such authorities, you know? Um, and it's kind of like, I feel like sometimes with mental projectors, they almost have to learn the hard way through their openness to kind of get to a place of like, you know, like you were sort of saying, appreciating that that is what you have to offer. Um, yeah. And that's going to be what others receive from you and how beautiful that that is. Um, yeah, incredible. So environment, talk to me about like being in Bali and like how that, yeah, what that um because you've got a completely open identity center as well haven't you so you've only, yeah, like, only wide. like wide open <laughs> yeah so just yeah. environment just must just like play such a huge part so I feel mental projectors like if they really are not around the right people or not over in the right place and it can distort their whole system right energetically which you've you've spoken to really but what feels good about like you know how do you make sure that you are you are in the right environment for you as a mental projector now and like what does that look like from like you know the way that you work to the city that you find yourself in and what happens when you change city um I'd love mm -hmm. to hear your like experience of that yeah I always say my wide open G is my my greatest teacher it just keeps revealing new depths to me all the time and I'm always <sighs> like oh, the G is just revealing me things and I used to think that was a punishment that center 
but yeah like you say learning the hard way to actually realize what the gift is Mm. and I guess I started really traveling a lot about 10 years ago and I'd grown up in a country town you know nothing uh, after we moved out of London it was like we were in the country there was nothing around we had horses and it was very green and it was very pretty and very lovely but actually energetically it wasn't it didn't feel correct for me it didn't feel like I was around the right kind of souls let's say it like that and it didn't feel like I had the capacity to really explore myself and I always knew inherently that I, like as soon as I'm of age I'll be making tracks and that was just what happened so I started I left at 18 and I've never really stopped moving this is the mm-hmm. thing about having that open G is it's a continual exploration mm. and I've lived in lots of places but I've lived in lots of homes because I outgrow homes really really quickly um and for me it has been this understanding now it's an understanding that I've been collecting experiences collecting pieces of myself meeting pieces of myself in new places within new people within relationships Mm. and where I am now I suppose is that yeah I've been traveling a lot for the last 10 years kind of around the world and I now really feel this huge pull this huge like just desire and need to just ground and just be in the one place but it did take me a lot of experimentation to find the place so that place is now Bali currently it probably won't be forever but it is now (laughs) and gosh I I actually spent the first part of my business um like I spent some of my business in corona in an environment that was very very isolating and I set up the foundations of my business in an environment that is honestly completely misaligned for me as a person. So I want to offer that to let people know that if you're in your wrong environment, you can still achieve things. It just expands and gets exponentially easier and better when you find the right one. So because I'd done a lot of deconditioning work, I was in this environment and I was like, oh, there's just there's no life here for me. There's no energy here for me. I feel so disconnected from people. The thing about a mental projector is if a mental projector is disconnected from inspiring conversation, a part of them just dies. Like yeah. a part of us just like, I, I, I become mute because I'm like, oh, I, who am I? Because like, I need to be having that conversation. So that environment was challenging for me, but I found ways to make it work. For example, like the internet, right? Like that was an incredible tool for us at that time. And I found practices and I found nature. So I made it work for myself, but I would say it was harder and there was a lot more procrastination. And as soon as I, again, it was like, as soon as I was free to move, I was like, get me out. Like some people I think find moving difficult. I'm just like, jump off the edge of a cliff. Like, no, I'm out. (laughs) My body's being like absolutely called and pulled. Nothing will stop me from, from like taking that flight. Mm. And I, amongst my travels, I had spent time in Bali. And the first time I came here, funnily enough, I was invited to Bali too. And as soon as I got here, it was just, the way, the way it feels when you're a mental projector is just there's this energetic resonance. It's just like there's a part of you comes alive. You feel you you feel connected to yourself in ways that you don't in other places. You feel free to be who you are. You make friends more easily. It all just is a natural flow. But the other layer I would add into that is to say that the PHS part of human design did also really help to give me that permission. Because even now, Mm. I know, for example, like being inside of a house, not around other people, just doesn't do it, just doesn't work for me. It doesn't matter how aligned I am. I'll spend the day in the house trying to work and I will get nothing done. There's no motors in my body. Like I need some kind of activation in my system Mm. to help me move through what I'm moving through. So the PHS part of the chart as a mental projector with the wide open G gave mm. me a lot of even deeper permission to really be in that aligned environment and to continue experimenting with those places. But yes. yeah, like before, before I go out of the house, for example, for a day of work, because where I am now, you, you, you cap, the cafes are your work, right? So you, you go to a, a beautiful cafe and you work there for the day. And it's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> and And so before I leave the house, I literally will take a moment, close my eyes. And I'm like, where am I going today? And I picture a few cafes and I move through them in my head and I'm like, no, no. And then one lands and I'm like, yep, that's where I want to be. 
And then I go there because it's like, if I get somewhere, honestly, if I get somewhere and something's off, I'm like, fuck, all day's ruined. Can't wow. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. it's because I've actually become almost more sensitive. I feel my body now rejects things for me and I almost don't have a choice in it. Whereas my body used to accept a lot because I was operating so mentally. Yes. So, oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, that sensitivity to your environment is just so strong. Um, mm. And amazing that you like, you know you have the awareness and the tools to be able to honor that you know because it's going to help you be so much more in flow and yeah I guess experience as a projector that signature of success ultimately and so yeah that's so powerful and you know I was just looking at your chart like the gate 56 as you know the wanderer Mm. I feel like whenever you meet someone who has that in their chart it's like they've definitely been all over around the world like they've got so many stories to share um and it's just yeah so it's so beautiful to kind of like witness that energy in somebody um and so like because your your instagram tag your sorry your handle um is like is has the word stories in it right so where did that Mm. you talk to us about where that kind of came from and yeah I actually feel like human design really gave me permission for that too um it because so for me the human like as people I believe that we are all essentially we're all living in our own story. So you've got the past version of who you've been, you've got the present version of who you are now. And then there's this future that you're yet to write. There's who you're becoming. And mm-hmm. when I look at life in stories, it all becomes well so beautiful, but it also makes a lot of sense to me because it's like, okay. Um, when I'm working with clients, for example, we talk a lot about chapters. If somebody's in a sticky chapter of life, it's like, right, this is a chapter and you're the author of this chapter. Mm. What, what has happened in the book so far that you've learned from? But also now knowing that you're, you're holding the pen, do you want to end this chapter? Do you want to stay in this chapter and make it really long? Is it time for a new beginning into something else? Like, how do you want to write what's coming? And when I look at my own life in that way, And I put it like stories just give me such permission to play with it because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe I want to add some color. Maybe I want to introduce a new character. Maybe it's time to let go of a character. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's getting a bit more about love and relationships. Maybe the next chapter is about business. And it just feels like we move through these phases. And for me, it's so easy to speak in stories and to look at life in stories. And when I meet people, I you know, I need to know a bit about them. I need to know a bit, like if someone starts talk to, talking to me, I'm like, yeah, but where are you from? What you <laughs> What's your story? I, <laughs> I need to gather a little bit of information just so that I can connect with them. Mm. And I just love looking at life in that ways. I think it, in that way, I think it becomes, because obviously it's an abstract channel as well that I have. And yeah. it becomes, the mental project is so logical and so serious, but stories <laughs> are so playful and so fun. And so like... Any, that they're, they're anything you want them to be. And I think it's, I've noticed in my work that I very much communicate in two ways. And this isn't something I tried to do. I sort of realized afterwards that it matched to my chart. Okay. Like, I communicate That's... with, yeah, do you know what I mean? I was going to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I look at my chart and I'm like, I communicate in two ways. I communicate through actual education, like knowledge. And then I communicate through stories. And it's just really natural for me to be like, this is a snapshot of my story. This is why I feel this is relevant. This is what's happened to me. This is where I live now. Mm-hmm. Or it's but it's informative and it's educational. And when I look at my chart, I'm like, oh, that makes complete sense, you know, um, that that's yes. how that comes through. Yes. So do you, when like you're breaking that down, do you mean as in it makes sense because you've got the 1156 channel and it makes sense because you are a mental projector and you're an outer authority and... Yes, it yes. makes sense to me because my 48 and my 56 sit in my Mercury's. So that's okay. one reason why it really makes sense for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, because I've got the storyteller and then also because the, the 48 and the one, the line one. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's I'm a mental projector, but I really lean a lot into the one and the 48. That's been a big part of my journey is like learning, 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 but also not learning so much that you forget the play, not learning so much that, you know, there's just Mm. pleasure and joy. So I think growing up, the kind of logical left brain part of me was the part that was rewarded and appreciated and recognized. And it was like, cool, I'll just be more clever. 
And then yeah. actually when I got older, it was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like I don't, all my family thought I'd be a lawyer and stuff. And I was like, that, that sounds, that sounds terrible in terms mm. of like, well, I know that's where you came from. And in yeah. terms of that's where I got to in my career, I was like, this is terrible. I just want to <laughs> hang out, play and like be free. Why am I? Because I'd bought into the logic. So now yes. it's like balancing those parts. Yeah. Yeah, or they're just like the conditioning and the projections and the there's so much, isn't there? Um, yeah. Oh, I absolutely love that. So did so did the stories um, handle come before you'd known or before you were sort of like, oh, yeah. yeah, Did how did that come about? Because I'm just, I, I love language. I, I've got the, the 2644. I, yeah. you know, I studied languages and studied law and I just, words mean so much to me and um yeah I'm always so interested to kind of like yeah I think language and words just carry so much like depth and power so when it comes to like putting a brand name on something or like that yeah I, I love yeah. to hear yeah I forgot about that question thank yeah. you for reminding me um yeah I when I first started out I for some reason didn't want my name to be my business I think there's I, I like to have some separation I think I just felt like my face is going to be on there, my voice is on there, but I actually really liked the idea of having like a, a name. And I also knew that eventually I wanted this business to house different things than just readings, which is where I started. So it yes. felt like it felt like it was this umbrella that would hold these different things. And if I could create a brand, it almost could be this separate entity of me because the open G, I want to have all these different characters and personalities and lives mm -hmm. and, and, and ways of being. So it felt, I guess, confining for me to, to become the business too much. So that's why I wanted a separate name. It felt really natural for me to want that. And then I started playing with the names. And gosh, I landed on, I was looking at my chart. I was definitely looking at my chart, like who, you know, what are my gifts? What am I sharing? Mm. What do I do here? And the stories being my only channel just kept jumping out at me, that 1156. I always mm -hmm. call it the channel of the storyteller. And it just was there for me. And I was like, so I'm a storyteller, okay, like, but I've got all these other things. And, and the more I started leaning into like exploring my own chart and then giving readings and then looking at my life, I also started to become so deeply connected to just words. And that, mm. something I hadn't expected um, when I set out on this journey was that I connected so deeply with writing and I love writing so much. It's become such a like emotional expression for me. And it's like, wow, I get to write my work that's awesome and I disconnected from writing from when I was young mm. so I knew it was about words and writing and stories and I also wanted to speak into what I actually have in my design and kind of link it back and for me it's all human design is all about soul it's all about connecting with your soul it's all about finding who you are in a deeper you know more authentic kind of different so one day soul stories just landed it was just there and it was like yeah course like of course that's it because I really want to help people write their story to unpack their story to rewrite the parts of the story that no no longer feel aligned and once I connected with that name the whole brand the whole business felt like it had a new a new life to it a new wow. I could see the whole thing kind of growing more easily amazing I love that that's so incredible like that's so beautiful and I think because you know as practitioners and as coaches and as healers in the online world I often think the narrative is to have your name as just you know like talking kind mm -hmm. of practical business um personal brand stuff here it's like I think you are usually encouraged to use your name as you know um people kind of get to know who you are and you are your personal brand as a coach as a healer as a as a reader even you know as just as a as a practitioner so um yeah I feel like having um a separate brand name is will give other people permission um mm -hmm. you know just to do it their own way and do it in a way that feels um aligned and good for them like you say is your voice is there your face is there um I always tell my clients to use their name but it's nice to know that like you know it's, it's possible to grow a, a great and successful personal brand like not necessarily um having your name as the tagline if for whatever reason you choose not to um so that's yeah that's that's so powerful thank you thanks for giving yeah. like that permission to people 
Um, yeah, I remember people telling me to use my name, and I I did at the very beginning, and I just couldn't. It didn't feel right in my body. It was mm. so uncomfortable for me for some reason, and then I felt uncomfortable about changing it. But um, as soon as I, I've never looked back, and it's so natural for me now to just be Sarah Miller at Soul Stories. It's just yeah, it's so natural. But I do, mm. if I were to reflect on it as we are now, I would say that it's that open G just wants to change all the time. And once <laughs> I, I, I am like, my identity is constantly in question outside of the business. So I think this gives me permission to house the business and have um, direction so that it has some kind of consistency where uh, outside of that, I can, I can change, wear whatever color I want to wear, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I see, you know, I think there's extremes with the open or undefined G yes. like often, you can find that you, I mean, I know I ex I've experienced this before of like constant, and I see this in clients who have open identities of just constantly sort of like changing the tagline or constantly mm -hmm. there's, you know, going back and like changing, changing your messaging or your tagline, like many, many times, many iterations in just one season of life. Um, and yeah and I think there's extremes in the way that it plays out in in your personal life of you know I think you can kind of get caught in the shadow with the open G if you mm. are staying in the same environment staying in the same relationship staying with the same five people around you you're not making any kind of changes in your life and things may be feeling stale as a result like are you really truly embodying your design if you've been in the, the same house the same city the same you know around the same people for the last five six sort of years and yeah. then I think there's the other extreme of just not being able to kind of like settle and find and just constantly being on the move and questioning and sort of like you know I feel that sort of like spiritual nomad life in a way of just like being in the extreme of not being able to ground or like, you know, find your place or settle because you're in that such, you know, that question of like, what's my direction? What's my identity? Like, what's my purpose? I see that kind of playing out in both ways, you know, with the open yeah. G um, and yeah. to be able to kind of find and uh, a nice place with it where you feel comfortable you you know you allow yourself the fluidity within the day-to-day -day or like you're saying you've you've kind of landed in Bali and it feels good in your body and yet still within the day you allow that like movement in terms of environment like I feel like that's really powerful um yeah, yeah for people with with open identities and you know I think one of the things with personal branding is that sometimes you just have to like stick with your message for like just a little bit so that people know mm -hmm. who you are and like you know know what your message is and and actually that helps them build trust and like confidence in you that you're going to stick around and sometimes when we change so much um because there is that desire to you know or even just something in our body that's saying like next chapter next version like how do we do that in a way that's kind of still going to allow our people to feel safe in our environment in our community in knowing that we're going to be there for them and that they can trust us and you know um those are the things that sort of like come through to me when when um yeah when I think about personal branding yeah I think the open G is such a big one for people to connect with within their business and to understand how that plays out for them. Like you say, how it actually operates within their working day. Like I have a lot of variety whilst I'm still grounded, like you said, but also, yeah, how they're playing into it within their creative direction, for example. Like I've chosen a, a creative, um, a cre like I've just brought somebody into the business, for example, now who's going to be doing all of my creative direction. She has the one eight. And she's got to find you because I know what I like and I know I love particular style and I can choose it. But I I can like many different things, whereas she's going to bring that focus into my business and we will collaborate. And I think that's such a powerful way for someone with an open G to recognize, like, don't force yourself to have consistency in your creative direction if it's if it's painful and unsustainable for you like it would be for me mm. so someone else can manage that in my business and then I get to still be in the creative but I'm collaborating with her and she's offering me the direction that my body might otherwise not feel 
feel like it can really stick with one thing. So for me, that's been a really powerful tool and way of looking at, okay, that's cool. I don't sustain, I don't have the sustainable access to really being fixed in that way. I yes. will change at some point, but mm. she has got such powerful direction that I get to be a part of that. And it, wow. that works really well. Mm. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks to the point of like, as projectors I often feel like we need support you know, we don't have, you, well, I mean, we can have motors, obviously, but just generally with the open or undefined sacral, we are underfueled in life, like when it comes to life <laughs> force. And so it's, um, I, I think for so long, I tried to do that um, and like push, I guess, on my own, on my own. And it was like, it wasn't until I finally like got the support that things really sort of, you know, grew um, much more quickly than had, you know, I maybe invited that support in at an, um, an earlier stage and I think sometimes you never feel like completely ready do you to sort of like get new people on board as your you know your brand grows it's like mm-hmm. um, yeah having to loosen the reins a little bit and accept and you know projectors we need support we need other people like to kind of you know to see us to, yeah. <laughs> to see what yeah. we're missing you know yeah. because that can you know we see so well into the other and we see their own blind spots but we have such struggle because of the nature of our aura to see ourselves and so to have somebody there reflecting that back um you know um whether that be in the form of a coach or a mentor or someone in your life or someone in your team I think (laughs) it can be so powerful for us right because like we can't see ourselves that's our Mm. whole trip like um yeah yeah, I think and, and that that makes it I think sometimes it's, a, it's you know, in some ways it's a blessing and a curse. I think we get to see other people so well. And like, there is just nothing quite like, I think, being in the aura of a projector. Like, I don't mm. think there is something quite, you know, that, that focused energy on, you know, yeah. eyes on you, penetrating, holding onto that magnetic pole and just really seeing the other. Like, there's just so much power in that. Um, and and then you know I guess the curse is that or the joke is that we just can't see ourselves yeah exactly (laughs) Um, I think it depends also a little bit which profile you are like I know you have the two Mm -hmm. which I'm like oh that's like a two on top of being a projector yeah whereas because my process is so interpersonal like one and the three Mm. I have in I've I didn't even need to try I just learned so much about myself because it was just so natural for me to do that but Mm. I felt like human design was a mirror and it almost so yeah it is it is such a trip it's like you don't see yourself and you're constantly trying to learn about who you are Mm. and then you get these reflections and you start to be like oh okay that's like you know when you said (laughs) earlier that for example like mental projectors can be triggering they totally can and the first time I started meeting other mental projectors with awareness, I was like, wow, you guys are so intense. Like I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea. I thought I was so chilled out. And then I'm every mental projector I meet is kind of intense. And I was like, okay, all right. And then I see myself on camera and stuff. I'm like, yeah, totally intense. Um, and, and it's funny to see that and to keep collecting it and realizing more and more about yourself. But for me, human design was like so much um such a way for me to see myself also as yes. opposed to people seeing me yeah yeah 100 percent. I agree yeah completely it just gives you um a framework to see yourself and but I think I I would absolutely reflect what you're saying of just like actually I think projectors they learn about their design through witnessing their channels in other people or themselves in other people you know mm-hmm. I think we kind of come in and we, we're like we've got that desire to sort of like study and know the system and yet actually I don't think it quite comes to life like to know what the 1156 looks like I think like it comes to life in seeing it in other people in witnessing you and I think you alluded to that at the beginning of when we were talking of just like you could see it in other people um and that's just so powerful for us because we can go on this these trips of like trying to get to understand ourselves because we struggle to see ourselves but yeah like you say that varies as well having this second line in my in my unconscious is just like um, you know I often am asking myself like am I doing a good job? Like what, you know, like you kind of question, like I can't see myself here. Like what's going on? Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's so- thing, never, never thinking 
never knowing if they're good enough. Yeah. Such a projector thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like never knowing if like, yeah, the, the message is, yeah, that's it. It's like, I guess, and you add, you know, nuances like the open heart on top of that and it can just, yeah, there's so much that yeah. comes into play. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, what a powerful conversation. Um, I, yeah, it's been so awesome chatting with you, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you so it's much. So nice chatting and just okay. like, I mean, we're connected in the Instagram space and have been for a while, but we don't actually get to really speak. So this has been lovely. Yeah. And it's like chatting a human design with another human who really fully gets it is always a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a, I, you know, I know it is a, such a huge part of your life and it's such a huge part of my life. And, um, you know, sometimes I kind of sit back and think, I don't know, it's like, you know when you start to kind of question and you're like how how is this so accurate I don't understand like how yeah. <laughs> how is this so accurate and like you yeah I um yeah it kind of I, I feel like I'm aware of how much it kind of not takes over my life but just is a part of my life but I think yeah. when you get it and when you live and breathe it it just like you can't ignore it in a way like you see mm. it everywhere um in your relationships and just the way that you show up and that's just so powerful so um yeah like you say so so beautiful just to chat with people who kind of mm. get it and I'm sure like the listeners um who are you know really into human design will hopefully like take a lot from um this conversation um and I feel like I could talk to you all day about it and there's so much more when I look at your chart I'm like oh we could talk about this and that but um just to kind of finish up um what would you say like to people who are kind of building their personal brands like just through your own like experience your own like you know first line or third line what you've what you've learned along the way what you've kind of come to realize like what kind of guidance um would you give people um who are who are growing their personal brands just based on your own experience god it's really such a funny question for me because the thing I struggled with the most in business for such a long time was branding and marketing because I just felt I didn't have any knowledge or awareness of what that was. I felt like it held me back for a long time. It, it probably didn't. I had It was an excuse, but I really found that a difficult part of the process. I felt, you know, all the imposter syndrome, I didn't want to be in sales and I was kind of putting all these labels on it and like resisting. Like I'd, I'd learned all this stuff. I'd done all these things, but then I was like, oh, I'm not going to give it to the world. They just need to come and find me. Like, yes. Kind of ridiculous how much I was holding myself back with the whole branding marketing part of the process. And it did feel uncomfortable for a really long time. I mean, I'm a three, so my process was very, very experimental. Mm. And I realized in the beginning, to be honest with you, I started really unknowingly building my brand some years ago and really what I was doing was just sharing myself I was just sharing my journey and I'm so grateful now because I've got a really beautiful interactive community and I built that community not when I was successful I didn't build that community when I even really knew what I was doing I built that community because I had an urge I had a message to share I knew I wanted to connect with other people so I did, I used what I had, which was who I am. I used my stories. I used photos of my life. I just, I built the community and it was, it was very authentic. It was like, I don't know what I'm selling. I don't know what I'm doing at the beginning, <laughs> but this is something I learned about. And I think it's really cool. And people were just coming into my space because they were inspired by that. They felt seen by that. And then when I started, I guess, becoming a little bit more strategic with the process, it was actually about learning to infuse, you know, my voice. I think there'd been a lot of resistance for me as a mental projector to not want to trigger people, to be scared of like saying things that felt a bit too authoritative. And actually learning my design gave me this permission to be like, that's who you are, like stop hiding from it. And that's actually where your people are going to find you. And being a projector gave me permission to work less. Okay, so it was like, understand, I would say understand your human design and you don't have to know everything about it mm. but no I would say know your type know your strategy and know your authority really 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 well and your profile mm. and just embody those pieces because for example I'm a line one okay cool I need to learn and I need to share that mm. and it it's it gave me access to stop hiding from myself because it was like this is who I am fuse it into the business and it started to become much more easy. 
So, yeah, I think it, I mean, it's, it sounds too easy to say that it's all about authenticity, but genuinely when I didn't know what I was doing or what I had to share, I just shared myself. Mm. I just gave myself, I just shared what was on my heart. Mm. And I've always been really open with my journey. Like, you know, I'm living in a new country now or, oh, this part of my design's just come alive for me. Now I'm going to share it with you. Or I, I found this part difficult. So I've always just been, I think, open and honest with my journey. Yes. And embodying those aspects of my human design, honestly, let it live through me. Sometimes it's it would be harder for me to keep my brand inside of me because mm-hmm. once you've deconditioned yourself, it's like quite forcefully wants to come through, you know. So I don't actually know if that answered your question, mm-hmm. but I would yeah. say it's learning your design, embodying your design, take the labels off of marketing and sales so that you can actually infuse like who you really are into, into that brand and let it build around you. Like my team coming into my life, for example, became a really natural part of the process. And now they're a part of my brand too. And that's really cool. And also, I mean, following people like you, Libby, you've been like following people like you in the Instagram space, you give so much value. And when I didn't know what marketing meant, you know, I could creep into your page and be like, oh, okay, that's hard to consider this from a new perspective. Yeah. So follow an expert, invest in an expert. Like I invested in mentors all the time so I could see what I couldn't see myself and yes. build those structures, you know? Beautiful. Such, yeah, such great point there I think for for anyone who is kind of struggling with that piece of how do I like you say I've learned so much and there's such amazing (laughs) practitioners out there and just how do I get out in a way that's going to be heard by people um because now is the time there's just so much opportunity isn't there at the minute so Mm -hmm. um incredible oh Sarah thank you so much for being here with me thank you so much for your time today sharing all of your wisdom with us um if people yeah if people kind of want to um come work with you share share with us just a little bit about what you offer and where we can find you so the best place is instagram or my website and they're both soul stories hd so soulstorieshd.com or just at soul stories hd and I'm in those places pretty semi-regularly. Sometimes I'm in and out. I'm a projector, so it's like I won't be there every day. But I'm in those places pretty regularly. And um, you can always find my current offers there. I work with people at a one-to-one level, but not on singular sessions. I work with people on journeys. Um, and they're anything from like three to six months. And it's kind of a fusion of human design and integration and embodiment. Mm. And I have a projector program, which is almost closing. And I'll potentially re-release but I'm re-release I'm going to be launching some new group ideas in the upcoming kind of in in imminent future so if you just kind of stay in my space you get to know what's going on amazing that sounds awesome all right thank you so much have an amazing rest of your day and thank you for being here thank you so much bye 